Bienvenidos a las noticias de FFM. Uh, bueno. Gracias. 
Welcome to this week's segment of FFM News. Tuesday night is our young adults group at 6.30. Feel free to join us and invite a friend. This Wednesday night, we'll be having our weekly prayer at 6 o'clock. But starting next week, September 1st, we'll be having it Tuesday mornings from 6 to 7 a.m. This Sunday, we'll be having a youth group at the Eckers House. Both youth groups are invited. Aftershock will be there from 3.30 to 5.30 and Illuminate from 5.30 to 7.30. If you'd like to go and need more information, please contact Breno. Sadly, this will be my last time doing FFM News. It has been an honor and a privilege to be able to share the news of FFM with you guys. Please remember to like and share this video so that we can continue to stay in the community to impact the community. Over and out. Ethan's not, Ethan's not here this morning, but let's give him a hand. Amen? So that's great. Um, <clears throat> Real quickly, as we get started, we want to thank you all for showing up this morning. It's great to see you all. If you're a visitor here, we want to welcome you. Let's welcome all our visitors, FFM. It's good to see you. There are people still coming in and those type of things. I have a couple of last-minute updates that I want to give you. Some of that happens in between the time they try to make these announcements and keep them up to date for you. Uh, Aftershock will not, everybody say not, not not be meeting today because of uh, a couple of last-minute foreseen things. Uh, we want you to remember that uh, baptism class starts on September the 13th. If you want to get baptized on the 20th and you've never been baptized, you need to see Doug Schwartz so we can get you into those class and start that quick and those type of things. Amen? And it's so wonderful to see you all. I really appreciate the fact that the last two weeks, God has really moved in such a powerful way with Breno and Matt and their word. Let's give God a hand in that. Amen? Just so good, the, the, the power of God's word. And so this morning, uh, why don't you stand with me in this place? And as we get started today, we're excited to see you all and, and press into worship uh, we want to continue to pray for a number of things. Um, <clears throat> uh, Glenn Middleton, you hear, many of you may not know Glenn. Some of you do. Raise your hand if you know Glenn, Pastor Glenn. So a lot of you know Pastor Glenn. Uh, I had a meeting with Pastor Glenn this past Thursday. It was a really good meeting. Uh, sat down and just uh, love on him and pray for him. He's been struggling with some health issues, in particular his heart. And uh, what they have discovered is that he is going to need a heart valve replacement. And so they're going to have to do open heart surgery on him, I believe, September the 23rd. And so he's going to be in Cleveland in order to get that done. So we want to continue to lift Pastor Glenn uh, up as, we, uh, as he approaches this particular surgery. Glenn has been in our community for over 30 years preaching and sharing the gospel. I've never met an evangelistic gifting like Pastor Glenn. I've been in the elevator, and by the time the doors closed and opened to the next floor, he'd won somebody to the Lord. It's just incredible. Uh, that is Pastor Glenn. He, uh, I've been out to lunch with him, and he would say, by the time lunch is over, I'm going to win the waitress to the Lord, and I would bet him lunch, and I can't tell you how many times I've had to pay for lunch. Uh, that's his supernatural gifting. Uh, Glenn has been a part of our life for a long time. And uh, Glenn was actually who God used to come to Florida and speak to my wife and I to move to Michigan. And so we want to pray for Glenn especially uh, and his family during this time. And so uh, I'll ask you keep doing that every day for us in those settings, right? 
Uh, another thing uh, that we as elders want you to know, there's been a lot of questions that have been asked concerning a hiring of a teacher in Sturgis High School, a particular teacher. A lot of people have seen it floating around on Facebook and these particular things. Uh, I had a meeting with the superintendent and the principal of Sturgis High School. Um, went and sat down with them, had a great meeting. Everybody say great meeting. I want you to be aware of that. Two men who I respect incredibly um, and had a very mature conversation about that particular hiring and how uh, the questions that people have been asking me as a leader in the community. And so what I shared with them is that there are people in the community who don't have particular access to you that have access to me as a leader in the community who've been asking me questions. And before I give them answers, I want to ask you some questions. And uh, they answered my questions and those particular things. And so here's what I'm going to say to you, because I don't really appreciate the Facebook controversy. I don't. And I've shared that with you a couple of weeks ago in my last sermon. Remember, your witness may be the only way God gets to introduce himself to a lost and dying world. It's... It should have been the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But because of the choice Esau made, God introduced himself to Moses as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Facebook will ruin your witness. Stop it. Everybody say, y'all didn't say amen. Stop it. So I am not happy with the Facebook controversy. I'm not saying I agree with the hiring. I'm saying if you want to come and talk to me privately, if you're a parent who has those questions, I will be glad to share with you what I learned and my recommendations. Hello, somebody. But I'm not doing that over Facebook. I'm not doing that out in public because um, I'm not going to ruin my witness. Amen. And uh, it was a really good, healthy conversation, and I want you to know that. And that was good. So I wanted to lay that out there to you. Amen. And I told them that I would be doing this. And they were absolutely okay with it. So uh, that's, uh, that's a good thing. Everybody say that's a good thing. Good thing. Now, okay, our sermon notes are always here. Kids, remember that. Uh, we work really hard. Appreciate Clarice's work and Lynette and all those who do this work from time to time with the sermon notes for the kids to keep them in interactive in the sermons so kids gather those notes take notes turn them back in so last week i think it was a couple weeks ago when madeline stutzman won that one so let's give her a hand so madeline you're gonna have to come see me after church okay and we'll talk about it does that sound good all right who's ready to worship yeah let's do it father today we love you thank you jesus for your presence lord thank you that you pour yourself out on us so you can pour yourself out onto a lost and dying world. Jesus, be Jesus in this place. Let us be the people of God, full of the God we worship. Touch our hearts and lives today. Change us for your glory and your honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said?
anticipate a moving of your spirit. God, we anticipate a breakthrough in your presence. God, we invite you to come. Come and do it again. God, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit on all flesh. God, God we are hungry. We are thirsty for more of you. God, we, we confess our dependency upon you. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you. Walking around these walls 
I'ma still stand. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never
is complete in this room. Miracles happen when you move. Heaven is coming. Miracles happen when you move. Healing is coming in this room. Miracles happen when you move. Heaven is coming. Miracles
touching is not beyond our experience God God I thank you Lord that we're able to believe in you God not just because someone told us to or because some religious ideology leads us into some kind of uh, belief in that way but God we believe in you because you are real and you are tangible and your presence is with us God Lord we believe in you because you actually speak to us God We believe in you because you're a God who's involved in our lives, God. You're the God of miracles. God, you do what no one else can do, God. Lord, we believe in you because you show up, God, and you do what no one else can do, God. This morning, God, this song is a song, a testimony of faith. Thank you, Lord, for the reality, God, of your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the reality, Lord, of your touching. Thank you, God, that you are concerned with every detail. God, thank you for that word that was shared, God, that says you want to be involved. You want to move. And you want to demonstrate yourself as a God who loves. And so this morning, God, we receive it. Lord, we open up our lives to where it's been closed. God, we open up our lives, God, to those areas, God. Lord, where we haven't, we've been afraid. God, we've been afraid to open our lives, God. This morning, God, I just feel this, that, that you're dealing with the spirit of fear. And you're opening our lives up to the ability to believe you even more. To believe you for restoration. Lord, to restore that thing we thought couldn't be restored. To believe you for healing, to heal what we believe we could not be healed from. To put back together, God, what we thought was broken beyond repair. That's the business that you're in, Jesus. This morning, God, in this place, we receive that from you because that's who you are. And so in that, in faith this morning, we give you praise and we give you glory and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Everyone said, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. (laughs) Hallelujah. We want to thank Leora for sharing and, and, and we received that as a word from the Lord as an eldership team and affirm that to you. Receive it if that's of you. Amen. It's so good this morning. Again, in this place, um, if you're a visitor, would, would Firm Foundation Ministries, let's just welcome our visitors, amen. I know it's a, it's a fifth Sunday, amen. And so uh, I, I realize that is a, um, I don't know, a Christian timeout or something. Fifth Sundays always seem to be a, a, a light Sunday in the sense that normally we have communion and fellowship on fifth Sunday But in keeping with, uh, you know, just trying to uh, keep touching down and those type of things, um, those things have been postponed and put off for now until the proper time. And so just continue to remember now, if you're in a place where God is speaking to you, that God is particularly 
asking you to come to him and take communion and privately and those things. The eldership team will do that with you at any time. Hello, somebody. And all you have to do is ask and those things. Corporately, though, just from passing plates and things around, uh, we've decided to put that off for the moment. Amen? And uh, don't, don't believe or think, though, that you are without... Uh, uh, you know, the, the sacraments, if, if God is calling you into that, at a particular, you can do that at any time. You don't have to wait for a fifth Sunday, amen? And uh, that's incredible. Uh, next month, I get the honor of going back to South Carolina and performing a uh, wedding vow renewal for a good friend of mine. And uh, during what would normally be the uh, unity candle thing, they've been married 20 years, so they, they're already, you know, hello somebody. They want to do communion, and I think it's going to be powerful. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Amen? It's good. Um, I, I just want to share with you in this sense that, like, how, thank you for sharing the live stream. Uh, I've been away for two weeks just on some time off and spending some time with family, and I was just blessed by the fact uh, on Sunday mornings, uh, one Sunday in particular, I was preaching at uh, Legacy at Beaver Hills in Boiling Springs, South Carolina. Uh, Pastor Manning's church, and uh, just uh, their church doesn't start till 11, so being able to log on and see all of you share what's happening at Firm Foundation Ministry, that is such a blessing to me and my wife and the whole eldership team. So thank you for doing that. You can even do it now. Help us preach the gospel. Amen. And uh, at the same time, uh, remember that um, uh, tithing and all those, we're not receiving those because of touching and those things. So there are stations set up, and you can give online through PushPay. If you have any questions about that, just see one of us. We can help you in particular, Matt and those guys, for that particular thing. But as your pastor, I want to thank you for being faithful during this time. Amen. To giving in a unique way. I know it's not like we've been doing it traditionally, but you have been so faithful and God's been so good to us through your faithfulness. I just want to give God a hand for that. Amen? So good. Thank you for that. Also, um, boy, the last two weeks have been incredible. I haven't, I haven't preached the word to you in the last two weeks. But what I need you to understand here at Firm Foundation Ministries, we are committed to being an elder-led church. And so Pastor Don leads the eldership team as the team leads the church. Say amen. And, and that's the way it should be in the New Testament. And so I appreciate the fact that even though I'm not here when the word is preached, God continues to speak to us in a powerful way. And, and, and Bruno and Matt just did a great job uh, from the team sharing. I know Bruno's not an elder yet, but God, God did great. And um, uh, for, for, for God to help Breno continue to wrap our minds around a chair. Hello, somebody. And then for God to speak in such a way that helped Matt share the healing power of what God's been doing. It's unbelievable. And uh, I want you to understand that when I teach and preach, we do it as a team, right? Like this is what we do. So um, understand that, receive that. All your elders can do that, and we'll be doing it much, much more, so it's great. So I thank God for an eldership-led church, amen? Yeah, I, I really do. It's great. Now, some months ago now, God started a message to us with this word, move. Everybody say move. Now, 
we've been walking down that path for a while. What does that mean? And moving through some ideas and scriptures and thought processes, God doing it. Now, next week, Alex Seidler is going to be here from Elam, and he's going to share with you. And then there'll be a couple of things that happen, and we're going into our marriage sermon series on September the 20th called Unashamed. Everybody say Unashamed. And um, I promise you, if you've never been a part of Firm Foundation Ministries' marriage sermon series, you're going to enjoy it. It's going to be challenging. And there will be homework. Everybody say homework. And uh, it'll be interactive and good. I love it. So um, we're, we're going we're gonna to walk through those things. But today I really felt like God wanted to try and cap off this particular portion of what he's been speaking to us as he leads us into the next. And so today I've titled this sermon, Keep Moving. Come on, someone. Say it with me. Keep moving. All right, now I need to read, I need to read something to you here. In Exodus, it's, it's good. In Exodus chapter 14, turn there with me if you will. I, I've just been mulling this scripture for a little bit. I, I know I said verse 4, but let's just read. Now the Lord spoke to Moses. Everybody say Moses. Now, do you realize that when the Lord spoke to Moses here, there were some people who did not know Moses. Moses had been on the backside of the wilderness for how many years? So there would have been some people of God who were younger than 40 who would not have personally known Moses. So the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi-Hathroth between Migdol and the sea opposite of Baal-Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are bewildered by the land and the wilderness has closed them in. Then I, everybody say God. Not the devil. No. God's speaking here. He said, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And now it was told to the king of Egypt that the people had fled. And the heart of the Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. So he made ready his chariots and took his people with him. And he took 600. Everybody say 600. Choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains, every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh of Egypt, just like he said he would. And he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out. Boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses, the chariots of Pharaoh, his men, his army overtook them by camping by the sea besides Pi-Hithron before Baal-Zephon. And the Pharaoh drew near to the children of Israel. Uh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. Now, that's important because you can hear an army marching. So they were afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. You probably never prayed when you were afraid. Some of y'all, the only time you pray, hello somebody. And they said to Moses, 
Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Notice what their fear did to them. It caused them to want to turn back. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he'll accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again. No more forever. Everybody say forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying to me? As a parent, have you ever said that to your children? Why are you crying to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Tell the children, if you got an NIV, it might, it might say this. Tell the children of Israel, keep moving. Everybody say, keep moving. Ooh, come on. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea, divide it. The children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh, over all his army and his chariots. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen. And verse 19, the angel of the Lord, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. I don't, I don't know about you, but when angels start moving, stuff's about to happen. And the pillar of cloud went before them and stood behind them. Father, bless the reading of the word to the hearing of our heart. God, let us receive it in a powerful way. And everyone said... Come on, let's go to work today. Let, let's, let's just roll up our sleeves and let's go to work for a minute. Because if God has really been speaking to us over the last few months, we need to do something with it. We need to do something. We need to be people who do more than just hear sermons. The, the people of God are here. The, these are the people of God. Hello, somebody. But they haven't really been the people of God, not, not for a long time. Come on, these are the people of God, but they haven't really been the people of God for a long time. If you're new to the Scripture, 450 years or so, maybe 430, they, they, they've lived in Egypt. 400 of those years they've been slaves. So now, the Bible tells us that like 40 years is a generation. And so like for 10, 10 generations, they've been slaves. For 10 generations, let me put it to you this way. For 10 generations, they've been living on the memory of God. They knew about God, and they still knew enough about God to call on him. It's a good thing. 
But their understanding of God is diluted by time. Their understanding of God is polluted by their association with the Egyptians. Let me prove this point to you. Because when they tried to make an image of God, it came out in the image of the Egyptians' gods. So they, they had living off the memory of God, and, and so they, they knew enough about him to call on him, and, and uh, their, their image, their idea of God was polluted by their association with the Egyptians. Let me tell you something, teenagers. It, it matters who you hang out with. It matters who you hang out with. Let me tell you something, adults. They're not the only one who could, who could use that info. It matters who you hang out with. It matters who you associate with. Because see, in this idea, in this thought process, our idea can be, uh, God can be polluted. If you hang out with worldly people, you're going to have a worldly idea of God. See, that's why some of you are confused when Pastor Don gets up here and says we need a biblical understanding of God. We need to have a biblical view of the world we live in. Too, much, too many of Western world Christians have a worldly view of the Bible. And so therefore we say things like this. Well, I think. Now this is what God said. But the little bit of faith that they had, I, I'm encouraged by this, caused them to still cry out to God, and God heard them. I, I, I'm glad that you don't have to be perfect for God to hear. Somebody say amen. I, I'm really, see, they were struggling, but God heard them. They, they were broken, but God heard, heard them. They didn't have a full understanding of who God was, but he heard them. That ought to encourage you this morning. And, and, and he sent Moses. Now, uh, they should have known Moses, but Moses is on the backside of the wilderness for 40 years. And some older people probably would have remembered him, but, but some younger people didn't know who he was. And so now Moses has the responsibility of leading people that he's kin to, but not familiar with. Leaving Egypt and Pharaoh, as the world often does, changes its mind. You ever notice how the world, uh, uh, its opinion is always moving according to what the world wants? It's called situation ethics. You're not listening to me because you don't believe that there's a world out there who's just in the business of selling you what you'll purchase. They don't have to believe in their product. They believe in your money. <laughs> and they'll sell you what you'll buy today. And they'll sell you what you'll buy. Come on. I got to preach another message. 
So Pharaoh says, I, I, I got to go take them back. This was a bad idea. We got to do. So they sense Pharaoh coming and they got no idea what's going to happen to them. See, if you're listening to this sermon today, if you've been listening to any of these messages, my encouragement to you as a pastor is to listen to these messages as if you were them. You have to see yourself this morning as having to abandon everything that's familiar. This, listen, have you ever felt like life's brought you to a point that the enemy's bearing down on you with 600 chariots and all you can do is walk? Oh, I, I can't go no further than walking. That's my pace. That's as fast as I can go. But the, the enemy's bearing down on me with chariots. And I, I can hear the army marching. Come on, church. You, you ever felt like it brings fear and anxiety in your life? And you don't know what's going to happen next because you're doing the best you can. And the best you can is just walk. Hello, somebody. But it's not faster than the enemy who's pursuing. You feel like you're going to get overtaken and crushed and destroyed by what's happening. Sometimes you can go through a health crisis and it feels like Pharaoh's 600 chariots are after you. Sometimes you can go through a mental crisis and it feels like something's about to overtake. Come on, church. That's what anxiety does. That's what depression does. It overtakes us. We can hear the sound. Come on, church. Sometimes you move through a financial. Come on. And it feels like the enemy Sometimes you move through relationship issues and all you can hear, come on church, come on church, and you don't know what's going to happen. That's real. That's the reality of the world we live in. But that's the reality they were in. This is the reality we are in. It's the same thing at at certain points in our life, even now, COVID-19, death hornets. I, I don't know what's coming next. There could be 50 feet of snow this winter. Hello, somebody. It's 2020. You can feel overwhelmed by it. They even said, we can hear. You know what the Lord said to them? Keep moving. Keep moving. How do you keep moving when the world is destroying itself around you and you feel like all hell has come against you? That's a real question. This week I've been into asking real questions. Try to live this life of faith by waiting to move until we have the insurance of an outcome. When I'm sure it'll come out the way I want it to, then I'll move. Hello, somebody. When I got enough money, when I'm healthy enough, when I'm... When they change, I'm going to change. When I got the assurance of an outcome, then I'm good. Then I'm ready to move. Then I'm ready to have some faith. This morning, if you don't have the assurance of an outcome, it's because maybe you've been trying to trust the outcome more than the journey itself. I need, I need you to understand, if we, we, we have come, I'm, gonna be, I'm always going to be a preacher who speaks real to you, right? I, I don't, I don't have, I'm sorry, I don't have any. This has just been a time of testing. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally. I, I cannot believe 
the testing relationally that has happened by something we cannot control. I can't believe the people who have abandoned each other. Over something I guarantee you is going to pass. Y'all remember the Spanish flu? Who's my history people? It destroyed armies. Y'all know what we call the Spanish flu today? The flu. I'm not saying is it real. Here's what Pastor Don's going to say to you. The virus is real. The, the fear and pandemic is not. We've had people in our church affected by it. It's real. And we should pray. We should believe. And these things should push us deeper into God. That, that's what should happen to us. But I need you to understand this moment. This is a season of testing. And, and, and I had some guy who's always into end times teaching and always all that stuff. And he was complaining and fussing about the way the world looks today. Yet all I ever heard from him was about the end times, end times, end times. And now he's whining and complaining. What did you think it was going to look like? We ain't seen nothing yet because you ain't read Revelation chapter 9. Go home and chew on that. Stuff starts crawling out of the ground. You won't worry. I got to move on. I, I did. 600 chariots. There's a testing that's challenged us to know all we need to know about what God is doing and, and what God is speaking to us as the body of Christ, as the people of God, is keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Because you will always stop growing when you stop going. Early on in America's history, um, there was an appetite for cod, fish. Anybody ever ate cod? It's, 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 not, a, it's not a very strong fish, but it's a, it's a, I'm not a big fish eater myself, but... The, People in the middle of the country were desiring cod. And so these fishermen were catching cod and trying to figure out how to get it into the middle of the country and keep it fresh. You know, fish will spoil very quickly. And they managed to figure out how to get it into the middle of the country uh, uh, without it spoiling. But the process of trying to keep dead cod uh, fresh enough to eat when it got to the center of the country caused it not to really taste like it should have. And, and so there were a lot of complaints and, and, and this stuff. And so the fishermen tried to figure out a way to get fresh cod, live cod, into the center of the country. Here's what they did. They decided to take some railroad cars and turn them into fish tanks. And they filled these railroad cars full of the water and full of live cod. Settled the problem. Solved the issue. So the cod would actually arrive to the center of the country alive. And then they could be processed from there. The problem was, even though the fish was alive, when it got to the center of the, it still tasted stale. How do we solve this problem? 
Now, some smart fishermen realized that caught is a fish that has to constantly be on the move. And if it pauses and stops, it starts to stale even though it's alive. So what was the biggest enemy of a cod? What was the biggest thing that kept cod moving around in the water all the time? Catfish. So this fisherman said, hey, I guarantee you, here's what we need to do. We're going to make even more money on top of it. Because not only are we going to sell cod, we're going to sell catfish. And so you know what they did? They put catfish in those railroad car fish tanks. And what happened is, those catfish chased those cod around inside of that tank the whole way there. It kept the cod moving. And when the cod got to the center of the country, they were fresh. Y'all not going to like this. What if, how about, maybe sometimes, maybe more times than some, maybe often, God will put things in our life to keep us moving because he knows that when we just sit still, we start stinking. Y'all yeah. not. Y'all not. Okay. You, you're fussing about the catfish, but the catfish might be, from, it might be the Lord. Some of y'all been praying for a tank, a life with no struggle. But what you don't understand is that God is using the struggle to keep you fresh. I, I want you, you've been fussing, you've been discouraged because you feel like all your life you had something chasing you. But what you don't know, what you don't ever understand is you don't really pray until something's chasing you. Amen. You don't call on God like you do when something's chasing you. You don't worship like you do when something's chasing you. You don't come to the altar and grab a chair like you... Just admit it. We don't really seek him like we do when all hell is chasing us and we're running for our life. Just admit it, church. It's the fear factor that brings us to those moments where we begin to live life as terrifyingly awesome. <laughs> yeah. Look at your neighbor and said, there's a catfish. There's some things you done been through. Come on, there's some things you done been through that you thought you couldn't go through until there was something behind you pushing you forward to the place you didn't think you could go. You didn't get there because you were floating. No, it was that dadgum catfish. Pharaoh. Pharaoh's Israel's catfish. Y'all don't read your Bible like I do. I'm just trying. God, God hardens his heart so they could see God's glory. God allowed them to be in a situation that they couldn't get out of on their own strength so they could experience the delivering power of God. See, see today maybe, maybe you could thank God for the catfish in your life. I know right now, if some of y'all tweet that, Somebody's going to read it and got no idea 
about this sermon and they're going to go, I hate catfish. Don't we all? Listen, if our text fits our context, if our text fits our context, Pharaoh has unleashed his most powerful war machine. And there's a fearful atmosphere. We're moving forward, but we're under attack. You can see where you're gaining ground, but you keep looking back because something chasing you. The only reason some of y'all even here this morning because you got a devil to fight. See, if you was a Pentecostal, I'd be a little praise break. I just, some people come, and it's smart because they got a new dress or a new shoe, suit to show up. There's some people come to church because they're looking for a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Some people come to church because they need some business contacts. But there's some of us in the room this morning because we got catfish after us. And some of us came to church this morning because we've been in a scary place. See, up till now, up till 2020, church been nice church. Church been good church. Hello, somebody. Church been good. But since we've been in a scary place, I'm going to be honest with you. It has changed what church feels like to me. And what's funny, this might mess with your theology for a minute. That's okay. I can meddle. It's my commentary. Write your own. It's funny here that I can see faith and fear at the same time. They had enough faith to go to a place they'd never been. Following a guy they didn't know. They were doing really good until they ran into fear. See... I need you to listen to me this morning. The presence of faith has nothing to do with the absence of doubt. Two sides of a coin. I, I believe you, Lord. Help my unbelief. I, 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 know, I know what you said, God. But my eyes are, that's why the just live by faith and not by. See, the, the Bible knows. The scripture knows. Come on, church. That See, I really believe that God's been speaking to us for a couple of months. He's been speaking to a people who know. That there are some things that can happen to you regardless if you love Jesus. And there's some religious folk ain't going to like my preaching, and that's okay because I don't, I don't really like pre- preaching to religious folks anyway because they already know everything, and I'm really tired of hearing now. <laughs> no, I done been through some stuff. And I can guarantee you there's one thing that you will never doubt about Pastor Don. I love Jesus. I might not always say the right things. I might not always act the right way. 
But I've been through some things regardless of whether I love Jesus or not. And I know what it's like to be in the spot where I thought I finally got away and all of a sudden the sound of the enemy trying to overtake me again. Y'all just well get used to it. We, we might have to rebuild. There might be some people who leave. You know, there might be some people. I don't. But I'm really tired of my sermons just speaking to us at church. I want to speak to you when the church service is over. I, I mean, I, I, want, I want the messages that God pours out through our team to, to violate us on Monday. To wake us up in the middle of the night and go, man, God, that would, come on. I want the sermons to speak to you about the things you can't speak to other people about. I want to speak to you about the things that are chasing you around your tank. Fear. Here's the deal. Just because I ain't scared don't mean you ain't. Just because I am not scared of something doesn't mean your fear isn't real. Stop this nonsense. And learn to love each other. Somebody somewhere has got to start. And it just will be us. To say we're going to be a people of God in a church who are not going to attack each other because someone has got an issue that we don't have. Some preacher's got to say it. Stop this. Love each other. The Bible says nothing overcomes love. That's why this week, instead of complaining about an issue, I made it, I want to go talk to, hello somebody. Because when I don't know, everything goes. I ain't got time for that sermon either. Fear, fear does stuff to you. Somebody say amen. Fear does stuff to you physically. Y'all, you ever been, has anybody in here ever been so scared you couldn't move? Come on, right? Like, fear, fear does something to you. Fear does something to you physically. Fear does something to you emotionally. Fear does something to you spiritually. Fear takes a toll on us, right? And you cannot trust your judgment when you are afraid. Fear makes everything negative. And living in fear for a long time causes your perspective about everything to be changed. Come on, somebody. And then people start to live in PTSD. They start to live in things. And even though it's over, it's not over for them. Things trigger stuff in them that don't trigger in you. And they find themselves right back in the space that they were reacting off the trigger, even though the problem's gone. This is, a, this is a truth I'm speaking right now. This truth I'm speaking to you right now has destroyed more lives than we can count. The sound of chariots. It reminds them of 400 years of abuse. They heard it and they were stuck with terror. See, the enemy loves to steal the peace of where you are 
with the threat of where you've been. Some of you done been through some things. The enemy loves to take fear in our life and steal the peace of you done been through it. That's why you're here. Stealing the peace of where we are with the threat of where we've been. I know, I know it's sinking in because y'all quiet this morning. Y'all gave Matt and Brent a lot of feedback. I listened. The Israelites are cursing where they are. And they're wishing they were back where they were. Fear not only paralyzes you, church, it'll make you turn back to the thing that haunts you. Fear causes you to be confused about who is for you and who is against you. They mad at Moses. Fear of being defeated can make you not want to fight. Ultimately, fear will always make you forfeit what God has in front of you. It's always been this way. It ain't never going to change. We tried that before. It didn't work. He, he, he always says he's sorry. She, she's always angry. Those kids never act. Come on, church. We never have enough. Fear will make you forfeit what God has in front of you. But I'm here to tell you today that in spite of what fear has done for you, God wants to get some glory. I, I, I want you to think about whatever it is that has been chasing you. Whatever it is that the enemy has been using to cripple you. Whatever it is that fear has been controlling you. Whatever your catfish is, God wants to get some glory out of this thing. Some of y'all need to praise him about it because it's your praise that's going to break through the paralysis of your fear. So Moses is talking to God. You know why he's talking to God? Because sometimes you don't have no one else to talk to. He can't talk to Pharaoh. Not anymore. Pharaoh's chasing him. He can't talk to his own people. They don't even like him. He got nobody else to talk to. <laughs> you see, sometimes in a fearful place, the worst part of fear is that there ain't nobody to talk to. Moses crying out to God. I'm just going to say this to you. The best prayer meetings are the one that comes out of the worst situation. Just because it's Wednesday, don't make it a good prayer meeting. No, you, got, you, you have a great prayer meeting because you found out there's a catfish in your tank. Let me tell you something. When Pharaoh's after your hind end, you'll have a great prayer meeting. <laughs> you, you won't come to Pastor Don and tell me, I don't know how to pray. Pharaoh's after you, you just pray. 
You figure it out. You just cry out to God. You don't know what to say. There's a catfish after you. There's something stirring you up. There's something trying to swallow you. You just cry out, help! That's a good prayer meeting. <laughs> Let me tell you why Moses was praying. Because he didn't sign up for this. Don't act like you never said that. Don't act like you as a husband. Never look at your wife and say, I didn't sign up. Wife? Oh, we're going to talk about it in a few weeks. I didn't sign up for this. Don't act like you never said it. You'd be a lie. In church, I didn't sign up for this. At work. <laughs> you didn't sign up for this. I, this is not what I agreed. Hello, somebody. You got to do something you don't want to do. This is not what I agreed to. I didn't sign up for this. I moved to Michigan 20 years as a meat cutter. I don't say butcher because anybody can butcher anything. It's a skill. I can't work on a car. I can't build a house. Bring me a cow. Tell me what you want. We can do that. Twenty years. I, not only was I a skilled meat cutter, but I was a manager. I ran a business. A business that did over a million dollars of sales in a month. I had 13, 14, 15 employees. I, when I moved to Michigan, I hadn't cut meat in three years. I didn't have to. Because I was the boss. Hello, somebody. I took a job at Hardings and Sturgis. Sturgis, Michigan. Hardings. They told me I was going to be the manager when they hired me. I said, great, because that's what I've been doing. I know how to do that. When I got there, on the day I got there, it was, listen, it was Sam's dad who hired me. We had Sam. There she is. I remember little Sam, she like this, in her little cheerleader outfit. <laughs> Nick hired me over the phone. You're going to be the market manager. I was like, great. So I get there. I'm all market manager ready. Where are the meat cutters? You it. You the manager and the meat cutter. And oh, by the way, I'm going to need you to bag groceries too. Whoa, wait, no, wait. I done did that. You, you want God to work on your pride? No, you don't. Not that there's anything wrong with bagging groceries. Some of y'all would do all right learning. Don't put the bread on the bottom. <laughs> Just don't do it. I didn't sign up for that. I remember me and Nick having a conversation. And I said those words to him. I did not sign up for that. And he said, well, you can sign up at another place if you want then. Because right now I don't need a meat cutter. Right now I need a bat. Hello, somebody. So y'all know what I did? I got paid over $15 an hour to be a, hello, somebody, to bag grocery. I bet y'all ain't never got paid. Hello, somebody. 
Y'all need to listen to me. I know we've all been in this place where we get to the portion where we didn't sign up for this. We didn't sign up for this. What do you do when you find yourself in something you didn't sign up for, right? Because, see, I didn't sign up for this always comes because we find out that sometimes God is weak on details. <laughs> Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Got it, Lord. He didn't tell Moses that Pharaoh's going to try and kill him. That would have been good news. That would have been great details to help a brother out. That would have been relative information, Lord. Moses didn't sign up for 600 hit men. He didn't sign up for 600 hit men. Right now... You dealing, I'm preaching to somebody this morning other than me. I might just sit down over there and preach to myself then if y'all don't aid me. Because I, I know there's some people here today, you didn't sign up for this. Moses asked God, what I'm supposed to do? These people don't even like me. Watch out, watch this now. Watch this because I'm going to violate you again. He calls on God to help and you know what God does? Nothing. Now, there's lots of sermons on calling on God and then God moving. You ever heard those? Come on, just call on the Lord. But what do you do when you call on the Lord and he does nothing? I need a sermon series on that. I, that's what I, I need a sermon series. Y'all better watch. First of the year, we just, hello, somebody. What do you do when things don't turn out the way you planned? I'll tell you what you do. You keep moving. You know what I tell my disciples? You know, tell the young guys, ask them, what do we do when we don't know what to do? We do what we know to do. I know how to pray. I know how to read my scripture. I know how to keep moving. Fear stops you, but faith propels you forward. God tells Moses, tell the people, keep moving. Keep moving. God knows what it takes to keep us moving, church. We need to let God be God and just keep moving. You see, what God has planned will only work out if you keep moving. If you stop, because God's a God of free will. Listen, this story proves to us that God has something set up down the road that's going to fix your whole problem, but you've got to be in the right place in order for his plan to be active. What if they had never made it to the Red Sea? What if they had stopped short of the Red Sea? Come on, church. If you stop now, you're going to be short of what God's doing. Keep moving. Stopping where you are allows Pharaoh to destroy you. Stopping where you are will always allow that catfish to swallow you. Was the miracle in the sea? Or was it in the movement? enemy is trying to paralyze us. This is a season of trying to paralyze us with fear. I'm not saying we shouldn't be stewards. Wash your hands. I'm not trying to tell you go be naughty. You see, it's when they kept moving forward that they walked right into the power of God. I'm tired of preaching about what happened at the Red Sea. 
I, I, I'm just tired. I'm tired of preaching about what happened at the Red Sea. Listen, I, I, I need some preaching that's going to help me keep moving so that I can get to the Red Sea and then walk right into the power of God. That's the kind of preaching I need. The journey with God's always a journey of discovery. It's always learning. It's always grace to grace to grace. It's always the next move of God. God needed Moses to discover what was actually in his hand. Moses didn't understand what God had already equipped him with. Moses just didn't find the stick when he got to the red. He'd been carrying that. Come on, church. You need to know that God's already equipped you for where you are at this moment in your life. God has already put enough stuff in your hand to keep moving. It's time to learn to use what God has already given us. The biggest tool God's given you is forgiveness. But see, that's a stick that you prefer to lean on instead of raise up and split the... Forgiveness is good when it's for me. How come we love grace until we have to give it away? I'm talking to somebody. What if God set this whole thing up just so Moses could see what he already had? What if this time of testing is a setup so that the body of Christ can see what we already... I'm not going to like this, but what if... What if God himself put that catfish in your tank so you could stay fresh? I'm just going to be bold and say this to you. You'll never understand what you actually have until there's a catfish in your tank. See, I know this is true because catfish are crazy. We had a fish tank in Florida, pretty little fish, you know, the colored little fish. You spend a lot of money on. And I went fishing one day. Me and TC. We came back home. We had these little bit. We caught, I don't know how it happened, but we just we caught these little big catfish. I thought it was cool. Let's take them home and put them in the aquarium. We put the next morning. What? There wasn't no colored fish. They were gone. They couldn't swim fast enough. I was like, they, where'd they go? We're looking on the floor. We checking out. Did they hop out? What happened to all the fish? And then we found the, the little catfish in the back all swole up. He couldn't swim around. Just laying on the bottom. I was like, that was a bad idea. <laughs> Fear will always tell you to go backwards. But God tells you to go forwards because he knows what he has for you. He knows what he's already. See, when you learn to use what God gave you, you will find it's always been more than you thought it was. You, you thought it was just a stick to lean on. You thought it was just a stick for walking. You thought it was just something to prop on. You thought it was just something to poke some other stuff with. You thought it was just something else. But God has always disguised his power in ordinary things so that in the time of need, the enemy wouldn't see it coming. If you just stretch forth what we got, 
It don't look like much, but you got something. If Pharaoh can count up his chariots, I can count on my stick. It might not look much to you guys, but God gave it to me. The enemy's chariots represent the strength of the Pharaoh and the world and the enemy. But your stick declares that it's not by might or power, says the Lord, but it's by... Listen, you got to grab a hold of this church. Your stick declares that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And you've been carrying it all along. You just didn't know it. See, if if it looked like a weapon, the enemy would have took it away from you a long time ago. But when you keep moving, you can take the stick and drown your enemies. Have you ever noticed that almost every miracle in the Bible came from something that already was? Hey, Jesus, we need to pay some taxes. Hey, y'all go down there and catch that fish. He got some gold in his mouth. All I got's a handful of meal. All I got's a little pot of oil. Come on, church. All, all I got's two fish and five loaves. Come on, church. All I got's a sling and a rock. You ever notice that most of the most powerful miracles in the Bible came from something that already. Come on, church. Come on, church. We sitting around complaining and whining and hoping God would just drop something supernatural out of heaven that we never seen before. And we don't realize that God has placed us in a position to use what we already got so that he can get a miracle out of what he's provided for us, church. I'm telling you, God has already put in your hand what you need to keep moving. Fear is what causes you not to see it. Now, let me show you this. I'm going to be done. When God opened up the Red Sea, they had to walk in between two walls of water. Even when God made a way, the way he made was still... Y'all didn't say it. You, you, okay, you be a mom carrying your newborn between two walls of water that you don't understand how they've been helped. The only way they could get through was to keep moving. The only way they could get through was to keep moving. God doesn't often remove scary church. He just puts us in a position to let our faith move us through our fear. See, in the New Testament, Paul says they were baptized unto Moses. Paul says this was their baptism. They went through the water. I'm going to help you out, Bible student. In other words, they stepped in one way and they came out different. Y'all... They stepped in to the Red Sea between the walls, slaves. They stepped out on the other side of the Red Sea, children of God. Come on, somebody. Then God says, Moses, that same stick, that same stick, close it up. See, this, I believe, is the dual nature of God. The same God that opens doors is the same God that closes doors. Mm. Here's what's funny. When God opened the way, they didn't shout. We do. We do it just the opposite today. You know when they shouted? When they stood on the shore and looked back and watched God 
closet. The Bible says then Miriam picked up her tambourine. And she started singing and dancing. And they sang and they danced all night. They didn't shout when God opened up the sea. They kept moving. It was on the other side. When God closed it up that they began to shout. That they began to dance. That they began to celebrate. Sometimes a closed door is the time to shout. Just before, just before Glenn asked my wife and I to come to Centerville. To Firm Foundation Ministries. I'm serious when I say we need to pray for him. I was so frustrated. Because I'd been a senior pastor. I'd led a church. I, I, and Glenn knows this story, so... And then I'd sold everything. I left my 20-year career, sold my house. I laid down my church. I did all those things to move to Michigan because Glenn asked me to. Three weeks after being in, 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 in Sturgis, Glenn, Glenn brought Philip, his son-in-law, on full-time, who'd never led a church. Come on, somebody. Who didn't pay the price I paid to be here. But Philip knows this too. We already been through it. And I was frustrated. And so, uh, you know, six, seven months into this, I, I was bagging groceries. I wasn't preaching. I wasn't cutting meat. I wasn't leading church. Why am I here? And I had just told my wife, I said, we agreed to a year. And I need you to have this place packed when that year is up. I'm going to keep my word. But you have this place packed. And we leave and I ain't saying nothing to nobody. They just gonna wake up one morning and go, where Dar? He gone. <laughs> Ask her. I was so mad, so discouraged. It, it was just a couple of days, as a matter of fact, before Glenn and the apostolic team came to my wife and I and asked us about firm foundation ministries in Centerville. I got a phone call from Florida from the TV ministry that I had been a part of. And this pastor asked me to come back to Florida. And here's what he said to me. He said, I'm going to pay you a full-time salary. You ain't going to have to visit nobody. You ain't going to have to make no phone calls. You don't have to do anything but preach on television. I'm going to pay you full-time to preach on television. And I asked him, why? And he says, because your preaching makes for good television. Now, the truth is, during the time that we were on the television ministry in Florida, it was the highest rated local TV show on Sunday mornings. Beat everything. And the TV uh, station would tell us this every week. My heart sank in my chest because that's not why I want to preach. But I was so frustrated. So hurt that I was like, I told you, get packed. My wife said, You said a year. <laughs> you see, if I had said yes to that, I would have never met you people. Sometimes God closes doors. And I personally am a man who is very thankful that that door 
closed. I am. I, I, that's, I'm so thankful. Would God have taken care of Firm Foundation Ministries? Absolutely, because it's God's church. But I would not be who I am today. Come on, somebody. What closed door can you thank God for? When God shuts the door, God not only drowns the enemy that he had uh, been using to chase you, but he drowns the potential of that enemy to ever pursue you again. The enemy that you see today, you shall see no more forever. I don't have a trick Bible, it's right there. I want, I want you to take the culmination of what God has spoken to us over the last few months. And if you've got to listen to them one by one, back to back to back to back to back, if you've got to turn off reruns of Bonanza. I need you to embrace what God has spoken to us and keep moving. And watch God destroy your fear. Some of y'all need to be like Miriam. Where, where, where's the worship team? Come on. Some, I just wanted to, I don't know if it's just Amy, if you're just coming today, and that's fine. Some of y'all need to be like Miriam, and you need to begin to sing and dance for the glory of God. Hello, somebody. I said, hello, somebody. Because what you feared the most, God wants to destroy by you keep moving. Why don't you let God drown the thing in your praise? Come on. While Israel danced in their praise, their enemy drowned. Stand with me. If, if you have your camera, you might want to take a picture of the last three points here quick because we need to be done. God closed the Red Sea for three reasons. One, to drown the present danger. Two, to drown the potential danger that could ever happen again. And number three, to drown the potential of going back. Do you know that the Red Sea never opened again? They, there was no way to go back. So they had to keep moving. Let's see, this morning I need you to understand the third point is where you need to rest right now. Don't go back. I, I don't want to delegitimize your pain or your struggle. I don't want to delegitimize the catfish in you. Come on, somebody. He's real. I know. But what I do want you to understand is that God has called us to keep moving. And you, you may not completely understand how, how that is possible or what that even looks like. Listen, sometimes it's just one step at a time. And that's where we need to be. That's where we need to be. In a moment like this where, where we, we are in this time of testing... I believe God is drowning any potential we have for ever going back to who we were. 
never going back. I don't know what it looks like going forward, but I know what I don't want to look like. After COVID, I don't want it to come to church. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. The catfish is a godsend, church. The catfish is a godsend. And this morning, I, I would love to take the opportunity to just touch each and every one of you. I know some of you don't want to be touching. That's right. That's fine. But I just feel like we need to touch each other with our prayers because God has spoken to us not just because sermons okay and they've been good but God has spoken to us because he's moving us forward not only individually but as a ministry so that we begin to live out what we hear and it moves us into the things that God wants us to do stretch your stick out stop leaning on that thing And so if you will, if you want to respond to the altar this morning and and, and you want to pray about this catfish or you want to put that thing before the Lord, you want to do whatever, you want to deal with this fear that's been in your life and confess it to the Lord and let Him, amen, reassure you, you can move right out. People will come and, and if you want to, they'll pray with you. If you want to stand right where you're at, I just want to pray this morning. Because even going forward as a ministry, there's always that catfish in the tank. And you would not believe how many hours as elders we sit and talk about that stupid thing that's chasing us. Well, we deal with it. I want to make sure that I arrive where God wants me to arrive fresh. Amen? And that means I got to keep moving. And so, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for our church. I pray for our people. I pray for the good hand of our God to be upon us. Lord, we want to be real. This is a season of testing. And Lord, we want to be real because of our confusion and our fear. We, we don't really know how to act or respond. God, first and foremost, God, would you help us to be a people who carry your heart into every situation and every circumstance? Would you help us to be a people who are more interested in touching folk with your love than we are in in, in proving a point right? Love overcomes everything. There is no law greater than that. And Lord, in the middle of this testing, God, we admit that every stone represents fear that every situation might represent something we're having difficulty trusting you on but God it's just that one step God it's just that one step God that we're learning God uh, that faith doesn't mean the absence of doubt faith is what propels me beyond my doubt faith is what causes me to lift up my eyes from where from which my help comes to Lord faith is what keeps me heaven focused Lord, we believe, but help our unbelief. And so I pray that right now in Jesus' name. Move by your power. Right now in the name of Jesus, God, as we heard last week, let your healing power flow. God, as we heard the week before, Lord, let us move out of a victim mentality and stand as victors in Christ. 
Let us keep moving because that's what victors do. Lord, we move, we move, we move. God, you've walked us through some stuff. And we're thankful, God, that we're here today because of that. So I pray for our ministry, God. Make us alive. Make us fresh, God, into a lost and dying world. God, help us not to be a church that stinks, God. Help us to be a church that's fresh and on fire for you, Jesus. Help us to be a people who love you more than we love opinions, God. Help us to be a people, God, who lift up our faith in such a way that you can introduce yourself to a lost and dying world because of us, God. God, I pray that there would be testimonies that God introduced me to me. He introduced himself to me because of someone. He said to me, I'm the God of. And I want to be your God too. Jesus, be Jesus. Let your glory fill our hearts and lives. Let your glory fill our hearts and lives. Let your glory fill our hearts and lives, Lord. Well, just for a minute, let's worship for a second. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for me. With nothing, I still have everything. Jesus, you are enough for me.
declare it today. We receive it by faith in this place today. We celebrate the fact that you're enough. God, let this message carry in our heart. Let it build faith over fear. We pray it in Jesus' precious name. Everyone said? Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Turn around and tell somebody about watch that catfish. <laughs>